Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. We know that breastfeeding is supposed to feel natural and bonding, but sometimes it can feel incredibly lonely and isolating. My guest today is breastfeeding mentor Danielle Facey, who is on a mission to empower mums by encouraging them to do whatever is best for them and their baby in those precious early days and weeks. The Harbour Mom has a book of 50 tips on how to help mums and babies to breastfeed successfully. So we invited her onto the show to talk all about the best ways to prepare, what mums should do if they're struggling, how partners can help out, and why no one should feel guilty about the way they choose to feed their baby. Hi, Danielle. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Hi, Zoe. Thank you for having me. So I know you're on a mission to empower mums on their breastfeeding journey. It doesn't always feel like that for moms though does it I mean some moms find it really difficult why is that do you think why does it not feel like a natural empowering thing for a woman to do absolutely and I think it's a complex situation and anyone who's ever been pregnant knows that mums are bashed over the head with this trope of breast is best (laughs) you know we hear it from the moment of conception And whilst that is true from a nutritional perspective, doesn't necessarily mean that it's it's easy. It is an actual process and, you know, people have been doing it for millennia, but it's not necessarily an intuitive process and many mums need support and that support, whether we get that support, certainly in the UK, really is a postcode lottery And some areas have fantastic breastfeeding resources and, you know, there's a lactation consultant or there are multiple lactation consultants on the maternity ward where you might give birth or, you know, wherever you give birth. Others, you know, there are none and there are midwives, yes, and there are medical professionals. But as we know, many midwives are, you know, very literally run off their feet and they don't necessarily unfortunately, have the time to dedicate to every single mum because they're stretched so thinly. And yeah, maternity wards simply aren't resourced in the way that they should be for every mother in the UK to be supported to get her breastfeeding journey off to, you know, the best possible start. And I think there's definitely a misconception that, for instance, speaking to a GP, that they're going to be an expert on lactation too, And they're not, you know, they're general practitioners and they have a wealth of knowledge and understanding, 
but they're not lactation consultants. And so any experience that they do have is actually probably anecdotal and it's it's based on their personal experiences, which, you know, maybe they had a great experience, but maybe they didn't. Maybe they don't have children. Maybe they're a man. Maybe, you know, they just don't have, um, yeah, a, a good understanding of lactation. And so they won't necessarily be able to advise any mum or parents who are struggling with breastfeeding on how to get back on track and to help parents and mums to meet their breastfeeding goals. Um, so yeah, there's a there's an absence of of professional support available out there. And there's this generational void as well, because for a myriad reasons, so many of our grandparents and parents, our mums didn't breastfeed. And so their understanding of feeding babies is completely different from someone, you know, who wants to breastfeed exclusively and their journeys are just as valid and wonderful, but they're different. And there are so many differences between formula feeding and breastfeeding and, you know, so many misconceptions as well. And if you are surrounded, for instance, by family and friends who've only ever formula fed, they're only going to be able to give you advice on formula feeding. And if you want to breastfeed, yeah, that's that's really difficult. And yeah, without access to professional lactation support as well, it can be really challenging. And I think also public perceptions of breastfeeding aren't where, yeah, they're not they're not where they should be, I don't think. And you know, everyone claims to support breastfeeding, but actually when we're when we see a mum feeding in public, you mean you might get a few stares, I certainly have in my time, or there might be a few whispered comments. And if you're a first time mum and a new mum, you're already, <laughs> certainly in my experience, a bit of an emotional wreck and you need support and encouragement. You don't need, you know, someone giving you the side eye and muttering under their breath. And, you know, a lack of support is one of the main reasons why mums stop breastfeeding prematurely because they feel judged and they feel like you know they they have to cover up and if their baby won't have a cover over them it can be difficult to do discreetly and you know not everyone can afford to buy a whole new wardrobe of really discreet nursing clothes and so they might feel self-conscious of you know whipping a whole boob out in public you know at the park while their older children are playing or you know wherever they may be and yeah it's still you know women's bodies are still hypersexualized and many people think that boobs are for the bedroom and you know not <laughs> they don't necessarily serve an, a purpose for you know feeding babies and a nutritional um purpose so it's complex but yes. there's a lack of support where our bodies are hypersexualized and access to breastfeeding support is yeah it's uh, it's not necessarily you know it's not necessarily universal tell me about your breastfeeding journey uh, your son's four now so what was what was that experience like for you he is yes yeah. so like many mums um our breastfeeding journey got off to a bit of a tricky start I had an emergency section I developed sepsis so it wasn't very well when he was born I'd had lots of medication just before he was born as well so he was very sleepy in the first few days and that made it very difficult for him to latch on to me. And so, yeah, it, it was about it was about three in the morning on the fourth day after he was born that he finally did latch on to me. Um, and it, to be honest, it felt like he stayed there for about three years. 
Um, but those first few days were hard and it was it was very difficult to stay motivated because I had to literally hand express my milk for him into these tiny little syringes. And yeah, that was that was hard because again, hand expression it's not something that's necessarily taught and not something that expectant and new mums know how to do. It's it is a skill and it takes some practice. If you've never done it before, yeah, it's really difficult and it takes a while to to get the knack of. I was fortunate that there was one lactation consultant on the ward where I gave birth. And yeah, the poor woman was, honestly, she was run ragged. But a friend of mine told me it's really important that you get support with your latch because if you struggle in the early days, it's not going to magically get better. Actually, you know, you're more likely to develop cracked, literally cracked bleeding nipples if your baby doesn't have a really good, deep, comfortable latch. And so I had that in the back of my mind. And for me, because I didn't have the birth, birth experience that I had hoped for, I felt really passionately then that I wanted to breastfeed and I I felt like I needed to do something that would help me to feel empowered and just give me a kind of a sense of ownership over my motherhood. And so, yeah, even though it took my son, yeah, a good four days to learn how to latch on to me, I, I, yeah, I was determined to make that happen. Fortunately, my, my fiance was incredibly supportive and that one lactation consultant, the poor woman who I pestered <laughs> incessantly in those first few days, she was wonderful and yeah, taught me the basics. And without her support, I'm, yeah, almost certain that I wouldn't be breastfeeding today. So we had a really rocky start. And then I struggled when I went back to work as well, because again, I was really keen to continue breastfeeding. My son was nine months old, but at the time I was working at a boarding school as a house mistress. And so I was on duty from somebody in the morning with until 11 at night with a break in the middle of the day. And, oh, gosh, trying to navigate that as well as feed my son when I was home because we lived on site because it was yeah, a boarding environment was completely exhausting. And I, I literally collapsed um, a few months after yeah, a few weeks, in fact, after going back to work, um, trying to do the local food shop. And when I went to my GP because of you know, what had happened, her advice was to go away for the weekend in the hope that my son would be so angry with me when I returned that he wouldn't want to breastfeed. And I just thought, what what kind of awful advice is that? Besides it being really risky for me, because I, I still had, you know, a really abundant supply at the time, I could have got clogged ducts and mastitis, which is a horrible infection that, yeah, breastfeeding mums can develop. And I think it would have been really awful for our relationship too. And But that was her only advice because that's what she had done as a mum in the 80s. And, you know, that was the advice that was given to her. Um, yeah, I mean, anyone who knows anything about breastfeeding knows that is horrible advice. And, you know, if a mum wants to stop, there are ways to do it gradually and with, with support to make sure that, you know, you don't get clogged ducts and mastitis and you're not traumatised in the process too. So... I didn't listen to that advice. I kept going. It was hard. Um, I started to do lots of research for myself. And actually, yeah, that's how my Instagram page and the blog was born in, yeah, through me struggling in those early days and wanting to continue and wanting to, I was in my head, I kind of, I didn't tell anyone, but I was really keen to 
get to two years because, you know, that's a recommendation by the World World Health Organization and the NHS. And so that was always in the back of my mind. And so even though we had various challenges, again, I think because my birth experience was quite traumatic, breastfeeding then became, for me, yeah, really integral for my sense of ownership and, and feeling empowered as a mother. So yeah, definitely a tricky start, like most mums, but pushed through, found a community of mums who helped me, yeah, to thrive ultimately and and meet my breastfeeding goals. That's great. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So is there anything moms can do to prepare for breastfeeding whilst they're still pregnant before the baby's born? Absolutely. There are so many different ways that mums can prepare for breastfeeding. So find a local lactation professional. So there are various professionals who you can speak to, various classes. So there are breastfeeding helpers, breastfeeding supporters, breastfeeding counsellors. The gold standard is an an IBCLC um, and they are professionals who've had at least a thousand hours of experience of supporting breastfeeding mums. Um, yeah, an international board certified lactation consultant. And they offer services online, you know, in person. You might be able to find someone locally who can help you because as much as it's great to speak to others about their breastfeeding journeys, if they haven't had a positive experience, they're going to share that with you, aren't they? And they're going to pass on any misconceptions, misunderstandings, challenges and so on that they've had. And you might then think that that's normal and think that it's normal, for instance, to for breastfeeding to be really painful and for you to get cracked, bleeding nipples. It's really not. And, you know, if you're getting symptoms like that, there's an issue there and you need support. Um, and yeah, like I said, unfortunately, you know, not every medical professional is a lactation specialist. And so they won't necessarily be able to help you get your breastfeeding journey back on track. They'll be able to redirect you to use formula. And for some mums, that'll be a wonderful option and they'll want to do that. But if you're really keen to breastfeed, you need to seek support from yeah, a lactation specialist and someone who can, yeah, who is an expert in their field and can help you to breastfeed for as long as you choose, really. So as an expert yourself, what would be your top tips for breastfeeding in those vital first few hours and days? So in the early days, really important to do as much skin to skin as you possibly can as soon as possible after birth. You, if you're pregnant now, you've probably heard of the golden hour and it's those that hour of a couple of hours after birth when really it should be time when mum and baby are just together, 
skin to skin, uninterrupted, getting to know each other and your baby can smell your skin. There are glands on your breast called Montgomery glands which secrete secrete fluid, which smells the same as your amniotic fluid. Um, And that's to help baby find the breast and to latch on successfully. Um, Anyone who's pregnant knows as well that your breasts, like your nipples, get about 10 shades darker. (laughs) And again, that's to help baby find the breast after being born. Um, So I wasn't able to have that that skin-to-skin time immediately after my son was born. And many mums, you know, who have a section or or who are unwell or whose babies are unwell, immediately after birth won't necessarily have that time either. And that doesn't mean that you can't breastfeed then, but does mean that you, you know, you should have that skin to skin as soon as you possibly can. Or maybe baby could have that time with dad instead or another family member just to help them regulate their temperature and to to feel supported and to help them to start to bond with, you know, any loving caregiver rather than taking them away, you know, have them close to to someone if you possibly can. And as soon as you can as well, get baby latched onto the breast. Again, not all babies will just do that immediately. Um, Some will need support. Many will need support, actually. And yeah, if your baby doesn't necessarily latch on immediately, that's okay. Continue with the skin to skin, but get your milk flowing by hand expressing or potentially using a hospital grade pump as well. So that can help to just stimulate your milk flow and let your body know, you know, there's baby here now. Let's get producing that milk. Let's yeah, get things flowing. So yeah, as much skin to skin as you possibly can. And if you can't do that, then just get your milk flowing. Nipple stimulation, expression, using a pump will just signal to your body that we need to get that milk going now. And just how important is breastfeeding in those early days? Yeah, I mean, it's really important. You know, it's tricky because I think there the can be so much guilt associated with the term breast is best because no one wants to feel like they're doing anything but their best for their baby. But thinking purely from a nutritional perspective, there are so many benefits to breast milk. So, for instance, if your baby is premature, um, premature babies rate uh, their success rate and their chances of survival improve by 50% if they're given breast milk. While they're in an, um, uh, the ICU unit, which I think is such a powerful statistic to know. And I think if more parents knew how much and you know, how beneficial breast milk is to their babies, particularly in those early days, then I think more would be keen to, yeah, to offer their babies that early milk. It's called colostrum. It's also known as liquid gold. And it really is like a really nutrient dense personalized probiotic for your baby so I think just important to make parents aware of the benefits because without knowing what the benefits are we can't make informed and empowered choices and so yeah just really important to know actually it really does give your baby the best nutritional start even if you know you only want to breastfeed for a few days or weeks um I would encourage anyone yeah who is thinking about it to to do a little bit more research into it um, so that they can, even if it is for a short amount of time. So what's the secret to getting your baby to latch on? Mm, Well, (laughs) there's not really a secret. Um, Every baby is different, but 
if you are in any pain whatsoever in those early days, get help, get support, find, you know, there might be a local breastfeeding team, your health visitor might be able to put you in touch. If you have any concerns, if there are any concerns at all about your baby gaining weight, being dehydrated, again, you feeling like you have sore nipple. There is some tenderness in the early days. Breasts are tender because of those labor hormones and your breastfeeding hormones, but you shouldn't be in pain. Like toe curling pain is not the norm. Cracked, sore nipples, bleeding nipples are not the norm. And so if your baby is not getting a really big, comfortable mouthful of boob, please get help, get support. Um, there's a great app called Latch Aid, which is completely free. It's called Anya Latch Aid, in fact. They changed the name recently. And they've got lots of videos about positioning. And through the app, you can actually contact an IBCLC for some virtual support. So even if yeah, your finances don't necessarily allow for you to have a one-to-one with an in-person lactation consultant, yeah, you can get support for free online. There are some great YouTube videos. Um, if you know anyone who's breastfed as well and who's breastfed and, you know, enjoyed it or had a successful journey, talk to them about it too. You know, in the early days, you really may need some hands-on help, like, you know, someone who you wouldn't mind seeing your boobs and who can help you get your baby latched onto you. So yeah, um, get support if baby doesn't latch on easily and, you know, watch videos, get guidance. You should not be in pain in those early days. Um, And if you are, please get help. And what about if you seem to have low milk supplies? Yeah, so that is the number one reason why mums stop breastfeeding, actually, because they, because of the perception that they don't have enough milk for their baby. And some women don't produce enough necessarily for their babies to be exclusively breastfed at the breast. But the best estimates are that between 85 and 99% of mums do. So the fact that, yeah, many women stop breastfeeding prematurely because they don't think they're giving their babies enough milk is actually more likely down to lots of misconceptions and not understanding, you know, what's biologically normal when it comes to nursing. For instance, very common and actually really important in the early days of your breastfeeding journey for your baby to cluster feed. And cluster feeding means your baby being latched onto your breast literally for hours at a time. So actually there's a um, a former Love Island contestant, I'm sure lots of people know, her name's Molly May. And she recently spoke about how she stopped breastfeeding because she didn't have enough milk or she thought she didn't have enough milk. I don't know the ins and outs of, you know, the specifics of her journey, but she also shared that she had stopped breastfeeding her baby overnight. And that is, it's a recipe for telling your boobs to stop producing milk. Really important, essential, in fact, in those early days that you breastfeed on demand and not necessarily, you know, a popular piece of advice because, gosh, it's so hard, isn't it, to function on little sleep. And if you're literally awake for hours overnight and I remember so clearly I remember it to this day my son was we had just brought him home it was day five or six and he was on the breast constantly from about 11 o'clock at night to five in the morning and I sent my fiance out to various pharmacies I was like you've got to do something this isn't normal something's wrong he needs you know get some gripe water and all the rest 
And actually, he was just cluster feeding. And that was his way of telling my body, I'm here, you know, make more milk for me. I'm going to be growing really quickly over these first few days and weeks. And it didn't last forever. It was that one night. And there were other times and there are other periods, you know, when your baby has a growth spurt, when they'll be at the breast for maybe two, three hours at a time. But it's really important to establish and then maintain your supply that you do breastfeed on demand if you want to carry on breastfeeding because if you don't if you don't allow your baby to tell your breast that they need more milk then your breasts won't produce it and then your supply will reduce and then you can fall into the trap of you know thinking you don't have enough milk because baby's on been on the boob for three hours straight and so you give them a bottle but then they're filling up with a bottle and then you're milk you know your breasts aren't getting that message that they need to produce more milk so they don't produce more milk so you have to give baby another bottle and then you can kind of fall into a bit of a trap there when yeah you didn't necessarily want to go down that route and it's wonderful if you do and combination feeding is you know a wonderful option for many families but if you're really keen to breastfeed exclusively really crucial to breastfeed on demand unfortunately yeah morning noon (laughs) And night. So does that mean it's harder to get your baby to sleep through the night when yes. they're breastfeeding? Absolutely. And in fact, if like if you want to breastfeed exclusively, it shouldn't be a goal to get your baby to sleep through the night because there, for instance, the the risk of your baby getting like dying from SIDS is halved when babies are breastfed because they are lighter sleepers and they wake frequently because they need to be fed frequently. Their stomachs are tiny as babies, as big as a marble um, on day one and only as big as an egg at the end of month one. So they're supposed to be fed frequently. And if you want to breastfeed exclusively, you need to feed them frequently too. And yeah, so not good news for getting your baby to sleep through the night, unfortunately. They may well do, you know, some babies do. And if they do it naturally, wonderful. Like, don't wake them to feed them. <laughs> Enjoy the rest. But if your baby is waking frequently, it's because they need the feeds, particularly in, gosh, in those first few days, weeks and months. Really important, actually, and really important for your supply too. So how can partners and family help out with breastfeeding? There are so many ways that they can help. And I think, again, really common misconception that if you're breastfeeding, you're you know, your partner can't be involved or other family members can't be involved. And I mean, firstly, if you do want them to feed your baby, you can express milk and then they can feed them with a bottle if you want. But they can do absolutely everything else. So you're probably living in a house that needs to be cleaned and, you know, food that there's food that needs to be cooked, meals that need to be prepared. They can get on with the ironing, the vacuuming, the, the washing up. I mean, there are a hundred other ways that they can help and even overnight. So let's say you're breastfeeding exclusively and, you know, you really want to continue, but you're exhausted. Then, you know, get your get your other half to be the one who gets up and, you know, gets baby from the cart, brings them over to you, pops them on the boob, learn how to breastfeed lying down. You can fall back to sleep, but your other half can take the baby, you know, win them, cuddle them, get them back to sleep while you're, you know, you're back in the land of Nod. They put them down and yeah, you can repeat that process. And then if you're awake, you've got visitors and you're feeding the baby. 
get your visitors to do the washing up, get them to make a cup of tea, you know, ask them to bring over a cottage pie because, you know, your appetite, if you're breastfeeding, is going to skyrocket. You need between 300 and 700 extra calories a day. And, you know, irrespective of how we eat, um, our, our milk remains nutritious for our babies, but our vitamin and mineral supplies can be depleted. So, you need to eat, you need to eat to your appetite and drink to your thirst as well, just to make sure that you're nursing, nourishing yourself as a nursing mom. That's, yeah, another really crucial tip. So are there any particular foods and drinks that we should incorporate into our diets as breastfeeding moms or perhaps avoid? Yeah, absolutely. And again, another really common misconception that you can't, you know, eat a wide variety of foods as a breastfeeding mom. And actually, the opposite is true that there are no foods that you shouldn't be eating as a breastfeeding mum. You can even you can safely drink alcohol within reason and drink caffeine as caffeinated drinks, too. Um, For instance, if I I did a little calculation before I came on here, actually, and if as a mum who weighs, I think, about 75 kilograms and I had six glasses of wine, which I'm not likely to do, I'm a complete lightweight. But if I did my blood alcohol level would be about 0.2%. Studies show that if I nursed a baby at the peak of my blood alcohol level, about half an hour after having a drink, I would pass on 5 to 6% of the alcohol in my blood to my baby. And so that would be 0.012% of, you know, that's how much alcohol would be in my blood. And so, you know, obviously it's not recommended at all that you're, you know, binge drinking every day and, you know, no one's going to recommend that. But it's it's completely safe and it's fine to have a glass or two, you know, because it's your birthday or, you know, special occasion. You can absolutely safely do that. Um, just wait a couple of hours if you want the alcohol to be completely out of your milk and then, yeah, crack on. But, it's um, really good for you as well to eat a wide variety of foods because although breast milk isn't made out of the contents of our stomach, it's made from our blood, our milk is flavoured by the foods that we eat. And so if you eat a wide variety of foods, your baby's going to be exposed to those flavours when they're tiny. And, you know, there's even some research that suggests that mums who eat widely when they're breastfeed expose their babies to lots of different flavours when they're tiny and then they potentially could be less fussy eaters too so yeah eat a rainbow and eat enough make sure you're getting enough protein um I also highly recommend that you take either a prenatal or a breastfeeding supplement because we do lose particularly magnesium calcium vitamin c vitamin d and so on through our milk and again it's not necessarily coming from our diet, but from our body's reserves. So irrespective of what you eat, your milk is great, but your reserves of those minerals and vitamins are being depleted. So yeah, make sure that you're replacing them as often as you possibly can. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. So I know you said that um, the age of two is the optimum to keep breastfeeding until. I didn't know that. But um, is that the age that you went until or did you carry on after? That's a really good question. And I mean, there is no, again, can't bear the term best is breast personally, because there's just by saying that something's best, we're, we're making it judgmental, aren't we? Um, some families, some mums will want to breastfeed for, yeah, two years or beyond is the the official recommendation from the NHS, the World Health Organization and the American Academy of Pediatrics. So if that works for you, great. Yeah, absolutely. But if, you know, not everyone enjoys breastfeeding, not everyone wants to breastfeed, um, you know, n- not everyone is able to, you know, if you work, if you're back at work, you know, not long after baby's born, it might, it might not be practical and you might not have the opportunity to pump, for instance, or, you know, for various, you may, you may just decide that you want to breastfeed for, I don't know, six weeks or six months or however long suits you. Um, there really is no, I, I would yeah hesitate to say you should breastfeed for any period of time. Uh, two years is, yeah, or beyond is the official recommendation. I actually only just stopped breastfeeding my son quite recently. Um, he was three years and nine months old, which definitely isn't for everyone. Um, I was I was quite keen to let him just stop in his own time. But then I realised that he'd probably be about seven if I let him do that. And yeah, <laughs> again, not for me. And it is for some people. But I think, again, coming back to this social stigma, when I think about breastfeeding in the media, I think of David Williams and yeah, asking his mum for Bitty on, you know, Little Britain. Or I think of, I can't remember the name of the character on Game of Thrones, who's just portrayed as this, you know, like weakling mummy's boy. And actually breast milk, it doesn't, you know, stop ever being beneficial and it actually grows and changes. Um, one particular study has found that it continues to adapt for at least four years. So it's unlikely that at four years old, you're going to want to be breastfeeding all day. And, you know, preschoolers aren't that interested in nursing. But if you are still, you know, maybe your four-year-old still wants to nurse for a minute or two before they go to sleep at night. And if you're happy to do that, absolutely crack on. It's really good for you as well, actually, as your baby and your, your toddler or preschooler. I think that's another thing that so many people don't know is that from a purely medical perspective or, you know, biological perspective, breastfeeding has loads of benefit for mums as well. So it reduces your risk of, gosh, breast cancer, ovarian cancer, heart disease, hypertension, um, osteoporosis, and even Alzheimer's. So, and the longer that you breastfeed, the greater the benefits. And so if you're happy to carry on and your baby or toddler or preschooler is as well carry on it's really good for you both so um 
we've already kind of touched on this, but obviously there's a lot of guilt around breastfeeding. What about mums who just simply don't want to do it? Do you think that, you know, are they are their babies missing out? Are they missing out? That's a really tricky one. I mean, I just feel really strongly that every mother, every parent needs to be supported informed to make an informed choice firstly because I just I don't think that's the reality at the at the moment I think yeah I think we hear breast is best but we don't actually so what are the specific benefits and what specifically are the risks for instance if we hear that a baby's risk of SIDS is doubled when they're fed exclusively the formula you know that rings alarm bells in I think in most parents brains and so I think, yeah, we need to be able to make informed choices. If you know all about the risks and the benefits and you and you choose, you know, whatever you choose, then great, you know, you deserve to be supported to feed your baby in whatever way works for you and your unique family circumstances. And I don't think we should be dictating to anyone how they feed their babies, but I do think we should be making donated breast milk more widely available. You know, you know, some people have trauma around their breasts and, you know, histories that, you know, make breastfeeding feel like the last thing in the world they want to do. And I yeah, don't think anyone should be pressuring, pressuring any parent to breastfeed, any mum to breastfeed if they simply don't want to. But I do think that we should be offering mums the option of donated breast milk, for example, um, so that, yeah, their baby might have express milk that they feed them in a bottle and still be able to get lots of the nutritional benefits without, yeah, but in a way that works for their unique family circumstances. So um, we have a series of questions that we ask all of our guests. Um, so I'm going to ask them you now, if that's OK. So what are two things you would tell your 18 year old self if you had the chance? I love this question. And I thought long and hard about this. Um so I would say, first and foremost, trust your gut because, yeah, it, you know, the, we have these instincts that are honed by millennia of evolution. So anytime you hear a little voice in your head, most likely about that guy who you think maybe isn't being completely truthful with you and, yeah, <laughs> or that opportunity that you think maybe sounds great but actually there's a voice inside you telling that you know that you know maybe it's a bit too good to be true listen to that voice because yeah it's not wrong um and the second thing I would say is to know my worth because yeah looking back I just I didn't I had no idea what you know the value that I could offer you know the people I love and the places I worked and yeah I don't think I realized certainly not at 18 actually how low my self-esteem was and yeah I wish I wish I had <laughs> took me a long time to learn that but yeah with uh yeah the, the beauty of hindsight isn't it just knowing knowing your worth and knowing what you bring to the table and yeah not settling for anything less than you deserve I think a lot of people would feel the same way so what are three things you love to do every day? What gives you a great start and routine to the day? I really love, it doesn't happen all the time, but really love having breakfast as a family. Um, my other half works in hospitality, so shifts are all over the place. But when we can, love having breakfast together, you know, just time with no screens, no distractions, 
where we're just, yeah, filling our faces and, yeah, reconnecting before the day starts. Um, I love getting outside, a brisk walk. I try to do that as much as possible too. Even if it's only, you know, 10 minutes after lunch, I feel like, yeah, nature and sunshine are the best medicine, you know, irrespective of whatever whatever else is happening in the day. I think, yeah, there's not much that a brisk walk in the sun can't help with. And lastly, I always listen to my audiobook at night and it just helps me to just switch off and... I think it's kind of meditative actually at the moment, just kind of reminiscent maybe of childhood too, just being read to while I drift off. Yeah, love a good audiobook. That sounds great. So what would be the one piece of advice you'd give to a mum who's struggling with breastfeeding? I think, yeah, so the one piece of advice I would give is that if you are struggling in any way, please don't hesitate to get help. It's it's really important. And, you know, if breastfeeding is important to you, you deserve help and support. So for any like expectant mums, you know, if money's tight, but maybe you have friends or relatives who might contribute to, you know, a, a, a consultation, for example, if you're pain, in pain and your baby's just been born, don't hesitate to reach out and ask for that help. And yeah, perhaps, you know, if you know that you want to breastfeed and you're pregnant at the moment, um, add it to your your baby shower gift list, you know, a contribution towards lactation support because we can't just, yes, it's natural, but we can't just expect that it's going to be easy because actually it isn't for the vast majority of people. I mean, we're never meant to mother alone and trying to do it, yeah, it's an isolating experience and yeah, nobody deserves that. So could you tell me a bit more about how you help people with their breastfeeding? Yes. So, um, yeah, I I help mums to look after themselves while they're breastfeeding because, yeah, it's what I needed as a new mum. And, yeah, throughout my breastfeeding journey, we are so focused as mums on our babies. You know, it's it's all we see and, you know, we, we evolve to be that way. And, you know, it's about making sure that our babies survive and thrive and yeah, our, ba- our brains are literally rewired, aren't they, during pregnancy? What's the term? Synaptic pruning, I think, so that we are focused on babe. But then we're just kind of left by the wayside. And it's the same with family and friends. They're so focused on the baby, aren't they, that they, that mum just kind of gets forgotten. And particularly if you're breastfeeding, it's really important that you're looking after yourself too, because otherwise you're, yeah, like me, you're going to end up I did end up literally collapsing with exhaustion, which was just so sad looking back. So, yeah, I help moms to look after themselves when they're breastfeeding. Well, it's been really nice talking to you. Thank you so much for joining us, Danielle. Thank you so much for having me, Zoe. I really appreciate it. It's been lovely chatting to you too. You can read more of Danielle's tips and discover parent-recommended places to breastfeed around Brum on the Birmingham Live website and on our Brummy Mummies Facebook and Instagram pages. You can find out more about Danielle via her website, thebreastfeedingmentor.com. Brummy Mummies is a laudable production, which you can download or stream on all major podcasting platforms, including Spotify and Apple. Please share this episode with anyone who might find it useful. You may also like to listen to our episodes on the importance of self-care with yoga teacher Kate Ford and baby sleep with Lisa Lamb. Be sure to follow Brummy Mummies on social media and sign up to our free newsletter. 
see you next time.